It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? It is a Dunkin' Donuts victory party in this house as we get uh, rolling here on BGN Radio. Episode number 46 Thank God for the win. Uh, it's really nice to talk about some, uh, you know, real football here as we introduce the panel around the horn. We've got uh, we got the whole big uh, powerhouse crew with us as I introduce Mr. Mike K. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? And uh, Dan Klosner making his return to the ring once again. How's it going, buddy? Hello, friends. And, of course, the professional internet commenter from our Eagles joining us once more, Mr. Matt During. How are you, buddy? Hey John, how are you? Good, uh, Mike. Let's break this one down. I mean, overall thoughts. There was a lot of a uh, lot of Foles love, a lot of Foles hates, a lot of uh, nervous anxiety going around yesterday. What did you see out there? Well, nothing that I really liked from Nick Foles uh, outside of maybe his resiliency to not be garbage for the entire game. <laughs> um, you know, everybody knows I, I don't hide it. I am a big Foles supporter, but that first half was like Mike McMahon, Bobby Hoying level awful. And um, it might have been worse, honestly. Um, it was. But, you know, yeah, I mean, but if you look at uh, the way the chip stuck with Nick, I mean, obviously he probably wasn't going to bench his full-time starter in the first game of the season. But, I mean, I like that they stuck with it. Uh, Nick kind of put it past him in the second half. He was able to move the ball considerably better. Um and he got some touchdowns out of it. I mean, his stat line looks actually not that bad, but it, it, I mean, if you don't look at the fumbles, uh, but you know, again, I thought he was shaky. He missed some wide open receivers. I thought there were a lot of communication uh, errors. I mean, you could blame partially some of this stuff on the offensive line, but I thought the fill-ins did a relatively good job. Um, you know, but I think Nick's a lot of a lot of Nick's fortitude and leadership were tested in this game, and it it seems like after the second, I mean, after halftime, he kind of took it upon himself to not screw up anymore. I mean, he looked like in the first half, he looked like a guy who was afraid to lose his job. He looked like Brian Hoyer. Okay, wait, wait. Can we before we go on? I want to talk about. So Mike talked about how you looked at the box score and it looked good at the end of the game, and this is the biggest problem that Brandon and I have 
with Foles, and we've talked about it before, is that he doesn't seem like he's just not the kind of guy who seems to play up to whatever his box score looks like. So if you just look at the box score, you probably go like, oh, you know, he actually looked like he had a pretty good game and so on and so forth. But when you're watching the game just from our vantage point on the TV, and especially for someone like Brandon or Jimmy or any other press member in the in the press box, you see, I mean, these guys are seeing the wide open guys down the field that he's not hitting or the guys that he's just simply not seeing. And it really gives them a different kind of, um, you know, advantage and angle with for which to judge him. And it really just seems like these inflated box score numbers are really a product of Chip Kelly's offense. And I mean, Nick Foles better be able to hit a guy like Jeremy Macklin, who's wide open by 20 yards. He missed, you know, he either didn't see or just completely missed Jordan Matthews, who was open by 10 plus yards multiple times. So it, it's just, it's really frustrating. It's, it's, and it's hard to reconcile that with Nick Foles is, you know, you look at like what you see on paper versus what you see him doing on the field. So I just wanted to get that out there before we moved on and before we forgot about it. Well, but. well, a counter, a counter to that would be, I mean, how often do you get to watch Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or all these other guys in actual game? Like, I'm not comparing Nick to to them, but I'm saying <laughs> it, it, it's, but no, but I, but I think the counter argument to that is how many of those guys do you think they miss? And I mean, it, you're human. Probably, you only probably, have so much vision. Uh, yeah, probably way less, but I wouldn't say that they don't miss guys consistently. This is guys. It's going to happen. Nobody's going to make the throw every single time. But Nick miss misses guys frequently. It's not yes, him. yes. I would agree. He does miss guys consistently. When you have when you have four and a half, John. You you timed it on the second fumble. Four and a half seconds, which feels like ten seconds in the pocket. When you have that kind of time, I refuse to believe that one of our players against the Jaguars defense isn't wide open and calling for the ball, just begging for Nick to see him. So, you know. Well, that's a fair argument, but I think the point that I'm trying to make is that, like I said earlier in the podcast. Well, that happens to everybody? Well, for one, it happens to everybody, and two, he looked like a guy that was playing scared yesterday. That's yeah. also why I think you saw it uh, against the Jaguars as opposed to, I mean, he'd probably do it against the Saints. He would probably do it against the 49ers. But I'm saying against the Jaguars, he just looked like a guy that came out, didn't want to fuck up in his first game. And that was that was kind of the story. I, I mean, that is literally what I saw in this game. And I want Matt to jump in here. Do you guys think that, I mean, Matt, do you think that he could possibly jump back from this performance? Well, I think we've seen him do it, but I, that doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, still kind of pissed. I, uh, <laughs> I I did not like that at all. And then, and you know, Dan touched on this a little bit. It, it seems like he sort of had a resurgence, and I think he ended the game like seven for ten with two touchdowns mm-hmm. or something like that. But I, uh, man, I did not, I did not like Window that at dressing. all. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's sort of like the equivalent of garbage time, except we actually won the game. I think um, I think I, I think I blocked like three separate people who told me he had 322 yards yesterday. So it's you know I don't that's great. I don't care about the numbers. I care <laughs> about what we're seeing on film and what we saw him do. You know. Yeah, this was like the mother of all black backdoor covers by yeah. a team yeah. favorite oh, yeah. at home. I mean, we we started this off 17 to nothing, ended up winning 34 to 17. I that that doesn't sound like um, first you know, team in NFL history. Some... First team in NFL history, by the way, to be shut out and down by 17 points or more at the half. And win by seventeen or more. I mean, that's got to make you feel good. Ever. <laughs> that's got to make yeah, you feel good. Yeah, kind little. of. Yeah, but I'm but, but like, I mean, yeah. It also it, I don't appreciate it on its own merits. It wasn't. It wasn't explosive. It wasn't exciting. Um, but I guess it was a little exciting. I really liked the Ertz touchdown. Uh, and the Macklin touchdown was kind of I mean, fun. Because... I mean, Sproles fourth and one to ignite the whole thing for whatever it was, forty nine yards. That's pretty exciting. 
all right, fine. It was all exciting, but still, I mean, I just couldn't get over the sense of creeping dread that was like, this guy is good for like four of these games a year where he's, he just shows up and you're like, who the hell is this guy? And what did you do with the, you know, the competent quarterback that we used to have, you know, that was out there executing Chip's vision for how this should all work. Did any of you guys have any thoughts about Mark Sanchez coming into the second half? Yes. Check my yeah. yeah. I did. Yeah, I, 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 I would, did. I would be lying, and and Dan is my witness. As if I I I was like, well, you know, maybe they should pull him. I it wasn't more of like a hey, they should pull him for for a permanent like thing, but it just looked like they needed a really new look in this game. And it I I don't know. I just I he just looked so like stiff out there. It was it was a joke. So what do we, I mean, like, where does this put the Eagles going forward here? I mean, is Nick on a much shorter leash? Uh, is this going to be kind of a live and die thing? It's, I, I really think it's going to end up being a, not so much a week to week thing, but listen, he can't look, he can't have halves like he did in the first half consistently and be this quarterback and be this team's quarterback into October. I really, I, I firmly believe that. Listen, if he's, if he's okay and he has like games where, you know, he, he looks fine and he's not all world, but he's moving the team down the field and he's not holding the ball for 10 seconds and you know causing having sacks that cause fumbles and throwing interceptions in the red zone I can live with it but if he has more halves like he did in the first half against the Jaguars you can't stick with him because you're just you're going to be throwing games away we want to get to some of the positives here and obviously one of the best ways to celebrate an Eagles victory is with free Dunkin Donuts coffee it's a victory to or Monday I should say uh, that's right. The Dunkin' Donuts in the greater Philadelphia area runs the Eagles win, you win program so fans can score a free medium hot or iced coffee the day after each Eagles win uh, with a special offer on the Dunkin' Donuts mobile app. So you can download the app, give them a follow at Dunkin' Philly on Twitter or at Facebook for more information. Eagles fans run on Dunkin' and we are going to be doing a lot more Dunkin' Donuts uh, partnerships throughout the season, so stay tuned for more details. It's going to be awesome. And uh, speaking of other positives that I, we, um, I mean, I got to say, I'm going to start out light with positives. Cody Parkey hitting a 51-yard field goal. I think, yeah, I think, Cody Parkey. I, I think made everybody polar leg. Uh, polar leg. Uh, polar leg. What was the other tag that the Eagles used? Uh, Love Parkey. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's that pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have to begrudgingly give their social media team credit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but other positives, other other positives you guys saw out there that you liked? I like Sproles. Uh, I thought he seemed like a positive addition. He had yeah. uh, had a few good catches. Uh, I wish Nick on pick though, you know. Damn. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows who we could have gotten? Yeah. Um, we could have gotten Darren Sproles. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so um, I liked I liked what I saw from Sproles. Uh, a few times he had some he had some good catches. He had, well, obviously he had that that big run. Um, that was pretty. That was definitely pretty fun. Um, I was celebrating. My dogs are going nuts, by the way. But um, I kind of had a hot take on Sproles, and I don't know if you guys agree with this or not. And obviously, there's going to take more time to kind of see how this thing develops. But I prefer him over Deshaun Jackson as a punt returner, one hundred percent. A hundred percent, yes. Yeah. No I mean, he's, worth, he's worth it simply, even if he wasn't playing on offense at all, he's simply worth it for the punt return ability. So, you know, it's it's just a nice, he really gives them this dimension and he can serve so many roles as we saw yesterday. I mean, was he, did he, I, I haven't looked at the all 22, but was he lined up as a receiver at all? Yes. Yeah, he, he had at least two for my count. Okay. But it was just mainly in the backfield or as, you know, that, that was, so we're, you know, 
it, it was just really nice. And I'm sure there will be games where he lines up just three times as many snaps in the slot as he does in the backfield. So, you know, really just a quintessential Chip Kelly player. And though we're getting him on his quote-unquote downside of his career, yeah, we all saw yesterday the kind of difference maker he can be. Still look pretty fast. Um, uh, I have another one. I really liked, uh, I really liked the, the line, believe it or not. Yeah. I thought, um, not the Andrew Gardner and David Malk, seriously. Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought Gardner played pretty well. Um, I thought Malk played extremely well. Uh, I don't know why I love this guy so much, but he's just <laughs> so fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm nuts for him, right? It's, I know, I love it. I love it. <laughs> but he, um, you know, he came in. He had, he had a few good, really good uh, run blocks. He looked solid as protection. Well, yeah, center. playing guard. Yeah, and he's, uh, you know, he's like pretty small, but he he looked uh, he looked downright competent out there. I mean, lock this guy down, pay the man. You know. <laughs> what did you guys think of uh, overall uh, defensive line play? I I thought Vinny Curry pretty uh, handled himself pretty well. I thought Fletcher Cox obviously yeah. had some great plays out there. One I was, was really impressed with Fletcher. Um, I know. Imagine that after all the offseason talk. Yeah, you know, uh, he was a guy coming into mini camp and training camp. I was really excited about, like, this is the year he takes that next step. Second year in the 3-4, he can become that kind of Muhammad Wilkerson-type hybrid where he's not just an, a great run stuffer as his main responsibility, but can, he can also provide pass, pass, uh, pass rush pressure and get to the quarterback and make impact plays. And really, after a lackluster training camp and down preseason where people thought he might he might not even start, I thought he had a really strong game. Uh, Cedric Thornton was his usual dependable, awesome self. Awesome. I love I love Swamp. Uh, I thought Benny Logan played well. Bo Allen made a few plays. Yeah, I don't, I, don't think, there. I don't Brandon think... Graham had a great game. I mean, got to get him on the field, you know? And then Trent Cole had the forced fumble at the end to cover the spread, so he's the man. Yeah, I'm not oh sure. yeah, and that um that play came off of a of a four down alignment too. Yeah, he was inside. At, yeah, and he just beat. Yeah, him. I went back and watched that. They had Barwin wasting the tackles time, so and they had a uh, sledge. Speaking of Barwin, I think he had the best game of any player on the defense by far. I I agree. I would completely agree. I thought he, he changed was his best game as an Eagles un- in an Eagles uniform. Probably. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it definitely. He had what two two or three pass deflections, a few really huge tackles. There was one on a screen where he like. He got Mercedes Lewis's foot at the last second while he was being blocked, and it was like a one-yard gain, whereas it could have been 10-plus. So just Connor, Connor was really awesome. He was really well, awesome. and I'll talk, I want to talk to you guys about something that's extremely criminal. Uh, the NFL.com uh, listed him as only having one uh, pass breakup. He had at least three, and he was fantastic. I mean, he, uh, you guys said it. I, I feel like I'm echoing you, but uh, – I think people don't realize how important Connor Barwin is to this defense. It's kind of, I mean, Connor Barwin's not a pro bowler, but what he does for the defense is pretty phenomenal in my opinion. Well, and and that's the thing. I think we get on him a lot about his pass rushing skills and I know they're still there and there's some parts where he's going to need help with that. But overall, yeah, I mean, I think that's slightly undervalued with him being on there all the time. I'll echo some of the other things. I mean, Brandon Graham, man, after all the trade talk and stuff, and the Earl Thomas and all this other crap, I mean, it, he really showed the plays that he was in on the dime packages that on either side of the ball he can be a reckoning force. I'm glad that he's still here. I would consider re-signing him I, or extending him. Well, it's interesting you you guys talk about that. Um, you know, the 2010 uh, draft class, Brandon Graham, Riley Cooper, and Nate Allen – They've all been around for five years now. I mean, two of them have gotten new deals. Uh, Brandon Graham could potentially get a new deal, I guess. Um, how that class has turned itself around. I mean, 2010 went from being a class that nobody likes talking about to, wow, this this is actually 
paid dividends. And I think I thought Nate Allen had a had a good game. I saw a comment in the Malcolm, in the, Jen- Malcolm Jenkins had a great game too. Yeah, yeah. But and I I will temper temper the joy for Malcolm Jenkins. I can absolutely see why he was one of the worst tacklers in the league. He is the biggest shoulder tackler I've ever seen on an NFL (laughs) field. All that guy does is rant, run into things. Uh, We, we need, speaking of running into things, we need to, uh, Praise the king of running into things, uh, Michael Kendricks. <laughs> Boy, who, yeah, I, I, I thought he had a fantastic game. He had a sack and yeah. uh, he had a, a couple of really good run stops. Mm-hmm. I thought, run, uh, let me put it this way I'm gonna praise Billy Davis here and I'm gonna p- praise the defense pretty hard right now. Their run fits yesterday, yeah, they were incredible, were, were so good. They would have shut down Peterson, they would have shut down Charles. Mm-hmm. It didn't. That's why I, I get annoyed when people are like, oh, well, they, they did well against the Jaguars. No, they executed well against a shitty team. That I mean, you can't you, – you, you don't get to pick who you play. Then again, I'm sure they would pick to play the Jaguars every single week if they could. <laughs> so, but, uh, I mean, Toby Gerhardt's not – in my opinion, is not a starting caliber running back, and I think he proved that uh, – A starting he, caliber line either. Yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't a good line, but the run fits. It has nothing no, to no, do with. There were no yeah. holes. Anyway, I mean, what Toby had? What was his long? Like nine yards or something? Ten so. yards? Yeah. And that, and that was in the fourth quarter. That was in the fourth quarter. Yeah. He averaged like one point four yards a carry yeah. for for uh, uh like three yeah. quarters. Uh, yeah, there was nothing. Uh, yeah, I um I liked uh, I liked Kendrick. So I just wanted to highlight one play: the play where Henny took off. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but it was sort yeah, of yeah. you know it was sort of a fake and. Yeah, yeah, it was a keeper, and he ran, and there was it was you know wide open space in front of him, and then you know Kendrick just comes out of nowhere, comes yeah. out of like a scrum in the middle. He was like like a like a missile, and That's stopped Henny short of the first down. I think they ended up punting. They did. It, it was it was second and short. I think Gerhardt got stuffed, and was that might have been was that the fourth down where they went? No, never mind. It wasn't. No. It was the third down. It was the third down. Yeah, and they got. I think that pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right that that was a uh, a punt result. That was huge because he had daylight. I mean, he would have oh, made, yeah, made it another seven or eight yards if Kendricks yeah. hadn't done that. What, what was more impressive about that is I believe it was Ryan's containment area, and he was like nowhere to be found, and Kendricks just came out and whopped him. I thought I thought it, the, the it was a very good game for the front seven. I thought the corners – so Kerry Williams got beat by a guy that I had going undrafted. He had a ter- uh, Alan Hearns had a terrible senior bowl. Terrible senior bowl. Or no, 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 no. Sorry, East-West Shrine game. Um, his tape to me, I thought he was a priority free agent at best and turns out he was a priority free agent. Um, I, I know he has, uh, you know, a background with, with the Jaguars offensive coordinator from Miami, uh, but he shouldn't have been able to torch a veteran who's on a huge contract the way he did. He was doing some like double moves that had Kerry Williams stop. I, I, yeah, the, uh, I, I when they had him backed up on that on that great punt coverage by Boykin, and they just blew it because Kerry Williams just bit really hard. So bad. Oh so man, bad. that was. Oh. Uh, by the for the record, uh, I I thought Alan Hearns should have been drafted. There are Matt when you go to your Twitter machine and you do the archival thing. If you look for my name with <laughs> Alan Hearns, I I think there will be evidence of this from before the draft or after the draft. Um, I always thought he was like a, he's like a tactician. He runs, as you saw yesterday, he runs really great routes. Um, I thought he, I think he's like a he's definitely can play in the NFL, and I think he's like a nice third or fourth wide receiver, you know. But that's that being said, 
he ate Carrie Williams' lunch and made him look terrible yesterday. And then Carrie Williams, who was pretty, who was by far the worst player on the defense, and you know, just and then he had the audacity to call out the fans after the game for booing at halftime, as if Ugh, worst no decision other ever. The whole league oh, I didn't, I, I didn't hear that. That would have fueled my hate fire. Uh, oh god! Yeah. Just and I mean, listen, it's it's one thing to call him out. That's that's okay. It's another thing to be the worst player on the field and call them out for booing. I mean, it's just like a total lack. I, I just it blew my mind. It's like, dude, it, shut the fuck up, seriously. I, I'd hate to make him the fall guy, but if anybody had a worse game than Nick Foles, it was Kerry Williams. <laughs> yeah. So if you, whoa, if whoa, you, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Nobody had a worse game than Nick Foles. I mean, I mean, Nick Foles. Well, I guess I guess to be fair, Nick Foles led to two Jaguars touchdowns that Kerry Williams gave up. So I mean, I guess that's part, fair. Part and parcel, part and parcel. Don't, it's a team don't, effort. Yeah, team it effort. A, it's, it's a two guy effort in this one. Had you guys uh, checking in as well uh, on uh, Twitter. Always you can tweet us uh, questions, comments, all that good stuff, and check out our hotline. You can call in, and we'll put you on air as well from uh, at uh, YUS uh, underscore 44. Kerry Williams better step up his game, or Carroll should replace him. Do you guys see that as uh, a potential thing happening? Yeah, he's getting cut at the end of the year anyway, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean- I mean, I thought it was funny when people wanted to to get rid of Fletcher. I think Fletcher just needed to get used to the uh, the rules. I thought he had a relatively okay game. I, name, I, I, name wasn't called, so that's that's usually yeah, a good thing. Yeah, wasn't called. Uh, I think he gave up two or three passes, but they went for minimal gains. Uh, I mean, if you and also you know, they're if also you look at Keesley dropped. Um, in all fairness, while he was while Fletcher was covering him, but yes, for the for the most part, definitely. Uh, also checking in uh, S Reese uh, at S Reese Greenberg. It says McCoy may not have uh, the burst he did last year. I don't really get that. Uh, o line is the bigger issue than Foles. I'm not in practice usually of bashing our Twitter followers, and I won't do it here. Um, I will just say, Shady. It's it's actually it's actually uh, he's right on one point about Shady's burst. He's always he's he's always been a legit four or five guy. He doesn't have typical acceleration. He doesn't have like the, the breakaway speed acceleration where it's like one or two steps and he's at full speed and no one's catching him. He's been caught from behind a lot of times in his career. And I think and I think the big problem with Shady is because he makes so many cuts and jukes and ends up running like you know ten yards sideways to get five yards forward is that by the end of these runs where he needs to turn the corner he's out of gas and he can't do it. We saw it. I think we saw it at least on three or four carries yesterday where. He, if with a little more speed or burst, he would have definitely gotten the carry and picked up the first down, uh, as opposed to being caught from behind. That yeah, said, he ran a he ran a crosser, um, and it was just him one on one against the linebacker, and he caught it, and you know he, he went to turn him field, and the linebacker caught him. Uh, yep. I don't think it ended up mattering, but I I, I sort of said was like you know I think he normally he normally yeah. gets away from that linebacker. No, exactly. I mean, I, exactly, and I think there are you know he doesn't use his speed to get away from guys. He uses his lateral agility, which is you know absurd. Um, well, I mean, and that was on display yesterday when he there was there was one play. In, in I know exactly what player where, you're about to talk about. Go ahead. Uh, he he had Telvin Smith in front of him, and then he had a safety like like in the distance, and he shook Telvin Smith so bad that that uh, the linebacker in the distance fell down. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, awesome. was, that, was that the one where he juked out three guys for like a seven yard gain? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. He, the linebacker like fell because he thought that Telvin Smith was going to come his way. It was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen, but 
um, you know, he's he's like Taylor Swift. He likes to shake it off. Shake and, it uh, off. Uh, We're uh, also sponsored by Taylor Swift, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, our good friend Matt Duffy also checking in at uh, M. Duffster. Uh, I don't care who you're playing against. Coming back down from 17 nothing at halftime shows a lot of toughness. Just got to clean it up now. I agree with that, but, you know, it's um, yeah, you don't want those first halves too often. You want those plays to be executed really well. Uh, I'm I'm very curious to see the all 22 just to see how many plays that the Eagles overall did miss. It'll be ugly. Um, I want to go back to our last tweet for a sec because he did sure. ask. He said that the offensive line he thought was at fault, which I think is just a total farce. Anytime your quarterback has three plus seconds to throw the ball and doesn't and gets sacked, that's on the quarterback. Listen, I'm sure Jason Peters would like to have a few of those blocks back where he got pushed back by Chris Clemens, but I mean, the people who blame the offensive line are probably big-time quarterback apologists who simply don't – I don't want to say they don't understand the game, but they have their priorities out of whack in terms of what they're looking at and how to assess blame. So, And, and the funny thing, the you know, offensive line got better once Mathis and Barber went out somehow. Yeah, and, that's weird. And well, they, it's because of Mulk. It's the Mulk factor. It's the Mulk. It's yeah. Mulk. <laughs> I will and, give you names, Barber – and Mulk, the, the addition by subtraction, and then uh, I guess uh, addition by addition, right there. Good talk. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> crickets, crickets, crickets. Yeah, the uh, Duffy tweet I think is interesting. Oh yeah. Here's, I, I I agree with John on the, the fact that you know it's definitely not something you want to see, but for the first game of the year, it might be the type of. Uh, adversity that could kind of spark spark a run i think that that's you know something similar to the dallas game when uh you know they obviously didn't come back but i guess you know nick Foles came back and had seven touchdowns and that led a spark to you know obviously a playoff berth so you know i i don't i don't think that it was bad considering there are a few new players on on the team and there's still some rookies and it's kind of like cool to learn from from your mistakes and uh they seem to rally around each other as a team in that second half so hopefully that carries momentum to the you know the next game when they play the colts who i think are extremely overrated i i was gonna say i like and i liked um how what the players said chip kelly did and what chip kelly did at halftime you know if it's me i'm going in there throwing chairs around mfing everybody cursing i'm a pretty mild-mannered guy for the most part um, except when it comes to my sports teams. And, um, you know, just like hearing that Chip went in there and basically said, all right, guys, listen, we played pretty much for the worst half we could have. Just stay calm. Let's get it. Let's get a score. Let's get back in this. Got a whole nother half to go. Keep executing. And I think that's like something that the players really respect and gravitate towards with Chip. It's just, you know, he's always he's always on the same level, always even keel. He's not going to throw anybody under the bus. And it's just he's like it. And it's all like, you know, think about it. The way he thinks so scientifically and rationally is he knows that, being, I think, I'm sure he knows just from, a, I'm sure he's read many psychological journals and studies. He knows that being calm and not flying out, you know, not flying off the handle is the best, especially with men, is the, probably the best way to get them to respond to you because they're going to take your cue as a coach. Absolutely. And you can kind of tell that in a, a lot of the postgame press conferences. Every every single player that was interviewed, Jason Peters, it was my fault. Nick Foles, it was my fault. Everybody kind of stepping up, taking responsibility. Chip Kelly himself said, I didn't call the right plays. So it's 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 that kind of thing that is a, a good positive going forward here, especially with team chemistry. We talk about all the, that all the time, and I mean, uh, screw it, I'll say it. I mean, I didn't miss Deshaun Jackson once yesterday. To be honest, uh, with you. I, I I thought that there. Oh, were... we need the field stretcher. <laughs> 
but I I think there is uh, I think that was not put to bed, but and obviously a small sample size. Macklin was able to get open. Macklin made tough catches in in traffic. I I, I think that is a big. Dude, Macklin bailed out Nick a few he, times through that. Yeah, he made he, he made first. some really great catches. It was on third down, and the guy he had, you know Macklin had the guy draped on his back and made the catch right right uh, in front of the I mean right behind the sticks. I know you guys remember that play exactly what I'm talking about. I think Nick Nick yeah. evaded like pressure yeah. just a little bit. Yeah, he got out of the grasp. He rolled to the right and he fired a strike. And Macklin was able to shield the defender who was literally right on his back and catch it for the first down. I don't know if we went on the score touchdown there, but given the ha- the second half, I'll say that we probably did. But no, just- it, prolo- it prolonged the drive, and I actually thought it was one of the only good throws Nick had in the entire yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, he really that was that was a bullet. And yeah. uh, but Macklin, you know, showed toughness. He was getting draped on too, yeah. yep, uh, and caught that pass. Um, you know, I I just I I was a fan of how the team responded. You know. Literally everything went wrong in that first half. They lost two of their, they lost two of their linemen. Nick Foles looked like, uh, uh, Max Hall out there, or or Andrew or Andrew Walters, and uh, John Skelton maybe. Yeah, John. Well, John John Skelton. John Skelton beat us. Let's not do this. Yeah, and John Skelton (laughs) actually looked competent for like half a season. Um, Uh. (laughs) But uh, you know, I, I thought that. I I thought they responded really well. I thought it it spoke to the the way that the team wouldn't have been able to come back from this last year, in my opinion. Highlight of the first half, by the way. Anybody want to guess? Matt, I think you should be able to get this. Uh, The Brandon Bear field goal block. God damn it, Matt. (laughs) Uh, That's that's okay. That works. But yeah, it was a Brandon Bear field goal block. And for posterity purposes, everybody know that Matt did not get it right on the first time. My my guess would have been the play that Barber uh, Barber got injured, but you know I hey, think that, oh, that's mean. For the, for the re- I would never root for injuries, but for the record, uh, for, for Gardner looked, Gardner looked significantly better than Barber, and I don't yeah. know if that's just you know uh, it, just me looking at it from a bias standpoint, but I thought Barber got racked at least two times by. Uh, for the record, you're a monster. Okay, how about how about this one? Uh, next week, who's our offensive line? Ooh, I was question. thinking about this. I was, th- I was thinking about this, and this is the way I rationalized it. While Mulk played very well at left guard, it makes more sense to have him as a backup because oh, yeah, just, no, just in case he, if he goes down, then you have no backup center. Oh, so what I think will happen is you'll move, you'll move either, you'll either have Gardner at left guard or you'll have Gardner at right tackle, and then you'll have Kelly either at left guard or left or right tackle. He has more experience at right tackle and right guard than he does at left guard. Gardner has more experience at left tackle and left guard. So I think you probably are going to see Gardner at left guard and, and Kelly at right tackle. It might. Right, well, here's, here's the drum I've been beating for a while. And it, and it really bothers me that I'm the only one who feels this way, but I think you should put Harriman's at tackle. I think Harriman's is a, is a good tackle. I think he's probably as good as, as Andrew Gardner or Dennis Kelly. Uh, so I don't really see the value in keeping him at guard. You know, I, I understand you're going to say it's for continuity purposes, but I, you know, I just don't buy it. I'd rather see you get the five best guys, the five best positions that they can be, and well, and yeah, go from there. I'd agree with that. I think I think there there is value to that. I think obviously your two best linemen are Kelsey and and Peters right now, and Todd's always been solid. Uh, and I thought he was a solid right tackle. So then you move Kelly into right guard, and then you have uh, Gardner in at left left guard i think that that's fine yeah chip just said today he said he sees kelly more as yep. a that's what i was uh, gonna say i think kelly tackle. is starting left guard and um and that gardner is your starting right tackle next week uh, well, 
But I what I found funny about all this, I actually thought Kelly did a very good job as right guard his rookie season. I mean, for what it's worth. But uh I thought it was funny that they they didn't have Kelly active for like Marcus Smith to be active or or Trey Burton. I mean, I yeah. you know, when you're when you're down those type of things and Barber or Barber or Barbara, whatever you want to call him, uh had such a terrible preseason, I, I just don't understand what the merit is of having just two backup offensive linemen. It wasn't it had nothing to do with injury, it was just more of like a hey, we're gonna have to yank one of these guys, sort of thing. Yeah, and he and he even said that you know Selleck was his, his next option after that, so it's not really. Did you see, uh, oh, it's too bad. I really wanted to see Benny play. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> I really wanted to see them. You know, you get Benny Logan out there, you pull him, you see what happens. Yeah, just see what, just see I would have been fine with that. Yeah, yeah you. <laughs> Who knows? Run, run screens the rest of the game. It'll work. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, just looking forward here a little bit and getting your final thoughts. What um, are you expecting? You know. <laughs> what are you guys expecting uh, with the Colts on Monday night, and what do you want to see out of it? Um, you know, I w- I have not been impressed by the Colts uh, the last two years, and I didn't I didn't think they played very well against the Broncos until the Broncos basically quit playing because they knew they won the game um, last night. Uh, I would, I think the Eagles have a very good shot at winning this game outside of Andrew Luck. Nothing scares me about this team. I think uh, Boykin can shut down T Y Hilton. Uh, Hakeem Nix is terrible. Uh, Reggie Wayne looks like he's going to be an injury, have one of those injury moments once a game, uh, kind of similar to Macklin. Um, and I think they're, you know, outside of Vontae Davis, they really have nobody to cover wide receivers or tight ends and i think zach Ertz is gonna eat uh, those oh, linebackers yeah. those linebackers are terrible oh, well, guys, oh yeah well breaking news ravens are terminating ray rice's contract wow. okay hey, there's, there's hey, justice in the world finally. i want to i want to i want to give some credit where credit's due there i do think that a lot of that push came from uh blogs and, and writers and uh, Baltimore beatdown should get some credit uh, for that, even though that's probably not well deserved. Uh, I want to give them a shout out because they've all they've had that stance pretty much the entire from the jump. Yeah. So a great uh, column by them today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I think there's something to be said. Uh, you know, we don't have a bunch of saints on our team. You know, we do know what's gone on with Lashawn McCoy in the past, and Lashawn McCoy is probably three times the running back Ray Rice is. So, you know, if we were put in that position, I would actually hope that the Eagles did something about it. I mean, you know, it's all about winning, but you want to have the right character guys. And there is absolutely no way that Chip Kelly would have put up with crap like this. I know he sticks by his guys. Uh, You saw that would happen with Keelan Johnson, but it's one thing for him to be okay with a special teams player that has no shot of making the team and you're the face of your organization beating up a woman. So, um, I think that the Ravens made the right move. So I think the Colts game is going to be immensely frustrating for all of us. I agree with Mike that they're very overrated, and outside of Luck, Wayne, and T.Y. Hilton, they might have like you know, two or three other players who could start for most NFL teams. Um, I just honestly, I could see, I really could see the Eagles getting out to just like a lead like the Broncos did, seventeen or twenty-four nothing, and it all looks really great, hunky dory in the first half, slicing and dicing, and then Andrew Luck does the classic weird vintage Andrew Luck comeback wrap the defense stiffens up and all of a sudden we're deep in the fourth quarter and it's 24 17 and the Colts have the ball driving in our territory um I think the Eagles are going to win I think it's going to be one of those games where we're, we're all popping tums and we're having heart attacks and you know sweating through all of our clothing and yelling and throwing things at the tv um you just described my Wednesday yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a slow, it's a slow Wednesday for me but yeah I just I, I just really have a bad feeling it's one of those games Andrew Luck doesn't stop he's going to keep coming 
I'm sure he's going to at some point find the weakness or make the right adjustment and just fillet Carrie Williams in this defense. I'm sure Hakeem Nix will score a touchdown because of course. Um, yeah, just one of those games. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 27-24 Eagles. Nice. Uh, I think we'll win. I don't think the. I don't think they have much going on on defense. Uh, I don't even think they really have the ability to generate the disruption like the Jaguars did. If indeed that was the problem, I think that there's no way they do that without Robert Mathis. You know, who else do they have? They have Bjorn Werner, um, who is not that good, and who else? Nobody really. Um, and then you know, on defense, what, what do they have? Um, uh, Vontae Davis. Okay. Yep. Yeah, uh, there's nothing really stopping the... Ooh, LeBron Landry! Oh, he's oh yeah. going to get annihilated in coverage. Oh, he's yeah. There. Well, it's an, it's an Eagles tradition. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, a, they're a terrible 3-4 team, and, and if I think we've learned that a terrible 3-4 team is way worse than a terrible 4-3 team. I don't think there's anything stopping the offense. I can't wait to watch us square off against Trent Richardson. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be hilarious because... Uh, no, there's nothing quite like watching Trent Richardson run for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, and you know, I, if um, if they suddenly get smart and make the switch to Ahmad Bradshaw, which is exactly what they should do, might be a little more interesting. But outside of that, I don't really see the same uh, going into next week. I, I feel pretty good about it so far as Nick Foles corrects his mistakes. Um, you know, if they come out again and and do something like that, it's man, might be the time for the Sanchez to rise at that point. The yeah. Sanchez rise. <laughs> the uh, uh, anyway, guys, we just want to uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, we broke another record again, just with the the preseason, uh, or excuse me, with the season debut of our week one preview show. So shout out to you guys once again. Um, the, the payback is definitely going to be coming. We're going to have ticket giveaways coming very very soon. Uh, this week is going to be a little different. You're going to hear James Elzer being host of uh, this week in fantasy and also the preview show. So I'll be out of town uh, drinking heavily and uh, enjoying wedding festivities, but uh, that'll be coming up. But for me, John Barchard, for Mr. Mike K, for Dan Kloster and Matt During, we want to thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio, episode number 46. Bart. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. 